Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. For over a year, BuzzFeed News reporters Anthony Cormier and Jason Leopold had been reporting on President Trump and his campaign's ties to Russia, breaking major stories and trying to follow the money. We had both been fantasizing about this mother load. I just remember Anthony was like, oh my God, oh my God. They'd received thousands of secret government documents that revealed that banks all over the world had moved money for terrorists and criminals and drug dealers. And the U.S. government knows about it. We see actual human beings pulling the levers that allow this sort of criminal misconduct to go on. I'm Azine Gureshi. Join me for our new podcast, Suspicious Activity, Inside the FinCEN Files. We'll dive into the story these secret documents tell and take you behind the scenes with my colleagues at BuzzFeed News as they reported it. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Find it on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. Sports Radio FNZ back on a Monday morning. Kyle Bailey, my boy Evan Smoke, Ludwig in the cockpit. We got a big one for you coming up in 20 minutes. The voice of the Atlanta Braves, Chip Carey, joins the show. And uh, the Bravos took two of three from the Marlins, but remain in second place in the division for now anyway, uh, because the Marlins, having missed a couple of games because of their COVID outbreak, remained with the uh, the best winning percentage in the NL East right now. But the Braves took two of three, and they get set for a big series tonight with the Washington Nationals, but they'll do so with their two youngest stars still on the mend, Ronald Acuna, uh, who, who Braves fans and the Braves had hoped could be reactivated to the lineup for tonight to start this series against the Nationals. Uh, that was done retroactively over the weekend, it turns out, and he's likely to be activated at some point later this week. Ozzy Albee's still on the mend, <laughs> meaning that Freddie Freeman's going to slide into the two spot in the lineup, and, well, everything's strange in Atlanta right now, but they took two of three, and they're back on track. So we'll talk to Chip Carey coming up in about 20 minutes. We've been talking Panthers to start the show, and I'll get back to that in just a second, but I told you I had a movie uh, recommendation for you. It's hard right now to find good movies to watch. Smoke, would you agree with that? Because if you're a person who watches Netflix, watches Hulu, you know, you, you're probably going through it. You know, I, I don't, I, I'm not constantly sitting down watching stuff, but there's only so much good content on Netflix and Hulu and the like. Like you get down the list and you start to run out of actual good content really quickly. Yeah, and it's going to be felt throughout the next year or two because either the movies have been pushed back a year that were supposed to come out during the summer or production has been delayed for all these movies because of COVID. Yeah. So again, they haven't like like you said, they haven't been filming, and so you get through uh, the series that you like. You you binge some shows, you binge a couple of things, and all of a sudden you're searching desperately to find something to watch. I watched the Peanut Butter Falcon over the weekend, 
And the name itself probably throws you a little bit because what on earth could a movie like The Peanut Butter Falcon be about? But it's set in the Outer Banks, and it's actually shot in the Outer Banks, and it's starring Shia LaBeouf. Uh, as a, uh, a a crabber, a fisherman, you know, kind of a, uh, I don't know, a, a transient, uh, I don't know, lawbreaker of sorts. But it's a great, great story. He meets a, a Down syndrome young man named Zach, and they're journeying down to Florida. And Zach wants to go to the wrestling school run by the Saltwater Redneck. I mean, it is, it's got Dakota Johnson in it. And I bring this up because I know that people out there are constantly looking for good content. Sports are back. You know, but not everybody's into baseball, and not everybody's into the NBA playoffs or the restart. Not everybody's into hockey, and quite frankly, like me, you probably have a wife or a girlfriend or a significant other that you know doesn't want to watch sports all the time. That is the best movie that I've seen in 2020, I, I, bar none. I've seen some good ones, but The Peanut Butter Falcon was the best movie that I've seen in 2020, hands down. And and I know when anytime we make recommendations on the show, people always hit us back when they enjoy it or appreciate it. We had somebody the other night, a couple people saying, keep the recommendations coming. Well, there's your latest recommendation. If you're looking for a feel-good movie, date night type of movie, actually like a family night movie too, The Peanut Butter Falcon is the best movie that I've seen in 2020. Smokey, have you seen this yet? No, but I've heard a lot of good things about it and also heard a lot of good things about another movie that's kind of based off his childhood, Honey Boy, because, of course, Shia LaBeouf came on to the scene as a Disney star, even Steven. And then he made movies with Transformers, Indiana Jones, and kind of fell out of favor. His life's really interesting in general. And yeah. He's only 34 years old. But it's just part of the, the hectic nature of being a child actor. And it's kind of loosely about him being a child actor. And I've heard rave reviews about that movie as well. So uh, Shia LaBeouf is definitely uh, – up this game over the last few years to make people change their minds about them. Absolutely. So again, I, I'm throwing it out there. If you're looking for something to watch, you and the wife, you and the family, I couldn't recommend that one more highly. Uh, set in the Outer Banks, shot in the Outer Banks. It's a phenomenal story. I was skeptical at first because I, I like a lot of things that Shia LaBeouf has done, but he's also a little bit of a head case to your point. He was fantastic in this movie. So I highly recommend that for date night, for family movie night, The Peanut Butter Falcon. And I believe it's, it's a Netflix or Hulu for that one. It's one of the two. And I want to say it's Netflix, but it's available out there right now. Uh, came out in 2019. I don't think it came out with a lot of acclaim because it was an independent film, but check it out. I do not think that you'll be disappointed by the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, guys, check out independent films. They've had some of the best movies over the past few years, and I think people are starting to realize that. So let's hope we can watch some more independent films because they're actually original. There you go. All right, so Chip Carey coming up in about 16 minutes. We'll talk some Braves with him. Smoke, did you happen to watch – did you rewatch the 2015 NFC title game over the weekend? Did you catch any of that? I, I watched a little bit of it. I did too. I, If I'm being totally honest about this, and I, I'm a – y'all know I'm a huge sports fan. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I don't get into wa uh, re-watching old games that much. You know, that one I stuck around for a little while because it's great. I, I love seeing Bank of America Stadium erupting, especially there at the end when they sealed the game. You know, I like seeing it a kickoff because the place was rocking. But, like, by and large, I can't – you and I were just having this conversation last week. I don't rewatch a lot of games. I really don't. Like, I'll stick around for the seminal moments of big games. You know, if I see the catch – is on. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll try to you know stick around for that for a couple of minutes. I'll, I'll stick around just long enough to see Kirk Gibson hit the home run off of Eckersley, or you know I caught a little bit of Derek Jeter's 3,000th hit a couple of weeks ago. I'll stick around for that, but I cannot rewatch games start to finish. Yeah, I understand. You know, especially in this COVID world, it's probably even harder to watch it because that's all we've been watching. Because there haven't been much sports until the last month or two with the NBA returning and the MLB. But at the same time, I'm kind of a little bit different because I can watch some of those old games kind of reminisce about some stuff that I didn't know about. Like, I remember the first time I watched the 
the Cowboys and the Panthers divisional game when it got uploaded to YouTube a couple years ago. It's like, huh, that happened. <laughs> huh. Wow, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird hearing Pat Summerall and John Madden calling a Panthers game because, especially in the early years, minus 96 wasn't really much to talk about. wasn't really much to bring the A crew to Charlotte. And just hearing the atmosphere in that stadium during that game was so amazing. And in 2015, I mean, it just feels like everything that hap- that was happening was going into Panthers' way until, oh, yeah. until Super Bowl 50. And it just kind of – I think what makes that NFC Championship game so spectacular is usually even in 2015 we're used to the Panthers having a fight to the very end to even claw out a victory. That was just – it was done by halftime. I, I I caught on about that. I think I was watching about yeah, 10, 15 minutes of like Lakers Celtics, the NBA champ, the NBA finals from Oh nine, I guess it was or 2010. You know, I, I watched a bit of that, but even that I stuck around for like 10, 15 minutes. If I know the outcome, if I know what happens, I am going to stick around for a couple of big moments and then I'm back out. I don't know. There's just something about me. I don't rewatch games. I'd make a terrible football coach. Cause I wouldn't like film session very much, but like I, I stuck around for parts of the 2015 NFC title game because Again, I wanted to see, you know, the the Panthers defense ruin Carson Palmer. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to see, you know, that place erupt and smokes gra- he's grimacing over there. The Panthers ruined Carson Palmer that night. It was not pretty. He walked out of there feeling like a different guy. Yeah, I I mean, that basically was a deja vu all over again except on the other side because the last time the uh well actually the second the second before last time that the Panthers and Cardinals played in the playoffs minus 2014 was when Jake had that same exact game and he was never the same again. So I kind of felt, I really felt for Carson Palmer because we've already seen it happen. He's had such a uphill battle, you know, with some of his injuries, despite being a number one overall pick and then consider it. And I like Bruce Arians. I like Bruce Arians. Who doesn't love Larry Fitzgerald? I mean, if there was going to be anyone the Panthers lost to during that season, I wouldn't have mind. It would have sucked, but I, I wouldn't have mind if it was Arizona, but uh, I still wanted them to win. And it, I mean, it's just, it was amazing, and you know, just kind of—it's kind of hard to watch it now because Cam just got released. That whole era just ended. That—that's the next thing I was yeah. going to say. I think for some people, the fact that they came up short in the Super Bowl and that all those guys are gone now—like I wondered what the level of interest was over the weekend because I think the Panthers are doing a cool thing here by re-airing some classic games in lieu of the po- or the preseason games that they won't be playing. So that was cool. And also what they did—the uh, the digital show, the the watch along show, if you will, on Panthers.com, which was really neat. They had that watch party hosted by Kristen Balboni. Uh, Jake DeLone was a part of it. And then they had appearances from our guy, Roman Harper and Jordan Gross and, you know, all that stuff. And, and Roman Harper told a great story in that watch party. And I can't wait to get Roman here tomorrow to talk about this. I didn't realize the man lost his eye flap in the middle of that game. He talks about it in the 34th minute of the show. Roman Harper tells a good story about how he was injured that night when he collided with Luke Keekley, saying, quote, have you, the doctor asked me, have you ever had LASIK? And Harper recalled that, quote, I told him I had it eight years ago. He said, your flap came off your eyeball. I'm like, what? And he said, I wore a visor in my helmet, so I never thought I'd get poked in it. But somehow Luke hit me hard enough that it knocked the flap off my eyeball, end quote. And so then Luke Keekley joins the show a little bit later and acknowledges it, saying, quote, I was going after the ball and I missed. And he starts laughing and Roman just got in the way and I hit him. But obviously he's saying fine now, so it's all good. End quote. That that part, I can't wait to get Roman here tomorrow. You lose your eye flap in the middle of the game, and then he gets back out there. Well, unfortunately, he got overshadowed by Thomas Davis during that game because he literally had a broken arm. So yeah, that's true. So you got you had a guy playing with a broken arm, a dude losing his eye flap, and it, it was awesome, man. But they had a, they had a bunch of former players from that team uh, cycling through the conversation. They had Jordan Gross, Roman Harper, Jonathan Stewart, Luke Keekley. 
J.J. Jansen, Derek Anderson, Charles Johnson, Peanut Tillman, Kirk Coleman, and Josh Norman. And Josh Norman did this when Luke Keekley said the Panthers are going to be a good football team this year. Are you guys working? Yeah, are you we're guys always working. working. That's, why we're, that's why we're going to be good this year. <laughs> Sam doesn't have a day off today. <laughs> All right. Don't make me laugh. All right. This is, we're starting off. <laughs> Let me watch you know, this game real quick you. right here, Josh. I believe in you, Luke. I believe in you, okay? How about that? Josh Norman just laughing in Luke Keekley's face when he tells him that they're good, the Panthers are going to be good this year. All right, Josh. Anybody still want that guy back on the roster? After that, probably not. Smoke. I mean, that's what makes Josh Norman so amazing. <laughs> I missed that. That 2015 year, he was on cloud nine, of course. It hasn't worked out the same in Washington, and now he's in Buffalo, but kind of missed that in the secondary. You missed that, like the, the trash talking. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's – look, when if trash talking that you can back up, yeah, that's good stuff. And, and Norman, back then, absolutely backed it up. Now, then he signed that monstrous deal that Gettleman wouldn't give him here, and he went on to Washington, and, well, they very quickly, I think, regretted giving him all that. I think there was a $75 million deal that they gave Josh Norman up in Washington. I think they regretted that one pretty quickly. But Norman laughing in Luke Keekley's face on that watch party on Saturday when Luke Keekley said, yeah, we're always working. That's why the Panthers are going to be good this year. Norman now with the Buffalo Bills. I guess it's easy for him to laugh because he's on a playoff team or a you know returning playoff team that's expected to at least – I contend for the AFC title, if not the outright favorite, depending upon which book you're looking at. I think just Josh Norman being Josh Norman. I, the most underrated part about that, though, if you watch again, Jake DeLome's looking at the screen. He doesn't even pay attention to it. He's watching the game like he's a coach or something, analyzing it. And while all this is going on, Jake's just looking deadly into the camera, just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like nothing's going on. Oh, man, good stuff. I mean, I, I think some people enjoyed it. I, I'd like to your point a couple of minutes ago. I didn't get the sense that people were flocking to that on Saturday night to relive it because now that it's on YouTube and people have seen it time and again, and of course the ensuing heartbreak that came two weeks later in the Super Bowl, I saw some people tweeting it, but I got the I got the sense a lot of folks just didn't really have the stomach to tune into that game. As great as the atmosphere was that night in Bank of America Stadium, you knew what came two weeks later. All right, we got a bunch to get to, including when we come back. Chip Carey, the voice of the Atlanta Braves, will join us. We'll talk about what they did over the weekend. They got back in the win column on Saturday, and then they won the series against the Miami Marlins yesterday. But they're still limping along a little bit. You know, on top of no Cole Hamels, Felix Hernandez, uh, you know, opting out of the the, uh, the season prior to, Fultonevich exploding, Sean Newcomb, eh, not really producing, the pitching staff, the rotation's in bad enough shape, and now they're without Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies, but... They took two of three from the Marlins. We'll talk about it next with the voice of the Braves, Chip Carey, right here on Sports Radio FNZ. Sports Radio FNZ. No one has more opinions. No one has more insight into the business. That's why you'll get it all here first. And if you miss it, download the Radio.com app. You can rewind up to 24 hours of the show so you'll never miss a word. It's the Mac Attack. This is Sports Radio FNZ. Well, 
the Braves took two of three from the Marlins over the weekend. A lot of fun to watch. Kyle Bailey back with you here on Sports Radio FNZ. They open up a series with the Nats tonight. Very important NLE's divisional series, and we talk about it now. And a whole lot more with our buddy Chip Carey, the voice of the Atlanta Braves. He is back with us on the Technicom Hotline. Chip, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Kyle. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you as well. The, uh, the the Braves get back in the win column on Saturday. They uh, they take the series yesterday. Yeah, this team is uh, showing a lot of resiliency right now, right? I mean, playing without uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzie Albies, we know what's going on with the staff. I think, if nothing else, Chip, we know this team is uh, pretty good when they face adversity. Yeah, pretty pretty remarkable that they're in first place considering all that they've been through uh, and a very tough schedule. They just got home from a, a nine-game, ten-day road trip, uh, which in and of itself probably made those guys feel like they were away for a month. Uh, and playing good teams. So, yeah, no, uh, there's a lot to be proud of. Brian and his staff are doing uh, excellent work. And, uh, uh, yeah, you mentioned it. Anytime you lose as many guys as the Braves have lost and some of the struggles they've had offensively and the struggles they've had in the rotation, uh, that shows you this is a pretty good deep ball club that will only get stronger once they get everybody back, and hopefully that will be sometime uh, this week. Chip, how, I mean, in your own words, how good – has Max Freed been? He he dazzled again over the weekend, and you know he doesn't get the win, but he was just remarkable. So, and you get down into the weeds, the nine ground ball outs, no fly ball outs. I mean, he was just tremendous. In your words, how good has he been? Cy Young worthy. Uh, he would be the leader in the National League, as far as I'm concerned. I think uh, Max has fairly or unfairly kind of been the overlooked guy in the rotation because of his early struggles, which were somewhat Tom Glavin esque. Uh, in the early days of his career with the Braves. But, look, he got a ton of run support last year, won 17 games, pitched great. And I think he's taken the next logical step, which is to really understand how to pitch, how to set up hitters, how to uh, work counts, how to pitch to his strengths. And there's a there's a fierceness in his uh, countenance this year. He had it last year, too. But I think uh, the great step that all young players make in any sport is when they know they're good but but aren't really sure where they fit in, uh, that's changed with Max. I think he knows how good he is. I think he's still just scratching the surface of how talented and capable he's going to be. And uh, with Mike Soroka out, we've needed a guy to pitch like an ace. Max has done that. And when Mike comes back, I think we're all very confident and hopeful that they'll have two aces at the top of the rotation with those two guys. So, uh, look, the kid stepped up. He's a great kid. Really happy for him. Really happy for his success. And as you said, it's been really fun to watch. No question. And, and the rotation looks nothing like uh, Braves fans anticipated or hoped it would look before the season began. And you know, the Soroka thing is incredibly unfortunate. What happened with Mike Fultonevich was unexpe- unexpected. And you know, Sean Newcomb, I know, it would have liked to have pitched better to this point. But how does the rest of that rotation fall in place behind uh, Max Freed at this point? I mean, there, I know Tukey got roughed up his last time out. Kyle Wright's trying to find it. How do you envision this thing falling in place? Well, your guess is as good as mine. That's why it's so exciting. You know, it's kind of like uh, going to NASCAR and watching Rex. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you hope that they pitch better. Uh, look, these are young guys with a lot of talent. Uh, and I think what has frustrated the Braves uh, in years past is some of these guys have not taken a big, giant leaps forward. I think Kyle Wright is much better than he is. He just doesn't throw his fastball enough. Sean Newcomb uh, has overwhelming stuff. He has enough stuff to be a big winner in the major leagues. He doesn't throw enough strikes. Uh, Tuki Toussaint. Uh, same thing. Look, it's all about throwing quality pitches at this level. And I think personally what we're seeing in the game is so much emphasis on guys with stuff that we forget that it's command that wins games. Look no further than the last game the Braves played in Miami. You had two starting pitchers that were out there throwing 88, 89 miles an hour, and those two guys pitched a combined nine innings and struck out 14 guys. You don't have to throw 95 to be a big winner in the major leagues. You have to make pitches. And all too often, I think, with the analytically driven uh, uh, world that baseball lives in, 
uh, all these uh, major league teams are focusing on stuff over command and control because it doesn't matter how hard you throw. If you can't throw it for a strike or make a hitter swing and miss, what good is all that stuff? So that part of it's uh, very, very frustrating for me as an industry. Uh, I know Rick Kranitz is working hard with these kids. Uh, Kyle Wright hasn't thrown a lot of innings in the minor leagues. Tuki Toussaint hasn't either. Uh, they're having to learn on the job under a very, very bright microscope and big expectations for this Braves team, which many thought uh, and many still think has a great chance to get the World Series. But they're growing up, and they're going to keep running them out there because that's the right course of action. And uh, we we think that they're really talented kids with big brains that will figure this stuff out, much like Max Free did. At least that's the hope. Chip Carey, the voice of the Atlanta Braves. He's with us on the Technicom guest line. Uh, sounding like uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. may not get back as quickly as they'd hoped, right? I'd seen some anticipation of him possibly getting back tonight in time for the National Series, but but more like maybe later this week. Is that correct? That's what I'm hearing, yes. Okay, so without him and Ozzy, I mean, Ozzy's still on the mend as well. What, what Teams tend to galvanize where you find things in a team when you have stars out. What have you noticed in, in this uh, this period now without Ozzy and without without Acuna? Well, it's a different style of play. Uh, the, the offense is not nearly as dynamic as you'd expect. There's not a whole lot of base stealing, not a whole lot of hitting and running because this is a high strikeout team, which is also somewhat surprising uh, in 2020. Uh, so, you know, in, in many ways with the DH, the Braves have become kind of an American League team, and that's not a criticism. You, know, you play the hand you're dealt, and that's what they're dealt. Without two uh, table setters who can run and create havoc and go first to third and steal bases and steal home and all that stuff, the Braves don't have that available to them right now. So, uh, they've got Dansby leading off. Uh, he is not a pay- he's not a, a guy that's going to wait for a walk. He wants to swing the bat. They moved Freddie Freeman to the number two spot, which uh, may pay dividends. You know, in the ninth inning of a close game, you might get him an extra at bat if you need to use him there. Uh, but this is a team that's built to hit the fastball and hit home runs, and they hit a lot of mistakes. But if you throw off speed stuff, uh, I think sometimes they have some trouble, as do most teams around Major League Baseball, as I showed you or as I talked about in the game on Sunday. So uh, this is a team that's not feeling sorry for itself. Nobody feels sorry for the Braves, nor should they. They're in first place despite all these problems. And as you know, we tend to pick out the, the freckles on the supermodel as opposed to looking at the beautiful curves. Uh, you know, this team has a lot of really good things going for it. And uh, we're excited to get back in action and hopefully uh, knock off the uh, defending world champion starting tonight. I'm going to use that, Chip. If, I, if it's all right with you, I'm going to borrow that one. I like that one a lot. Sure. Yeah, help, help <laughs> yeah, I yeah, will. No I, the defending <laughs> champs tonight, you said it best. And, and look, it, it's great that they're going to face the defending champs and somehow miss all of the big three. No Scherzer, no Strasburg, no Corbin. Does that almost ratchet up the pressure a little bit to take this series? No, I don't think they look at it that way. These guys are all major league pitchers, and they're here for a reason. The Nationals are a really good team. They've got a tremendous offense with uh, with Soto and Eaton and Trey Turner, who's on fire. They've got some young players that we haven't seen. Carter Keybooms in that uh, lineup every day. They're without Rendon, of course, is with the Angels and Zimmerman, who opted out. But they're still a very dangerous club, and they've got, like the Braves, an excellent strike-throwing bullpen. So, uh, look, um, you know, everybody, I think, in the 60-game season thought that the Nationals or the Braves or the Dodgers were going to go 45-15. and 15. That's not going to be the case. All of these teams have flaws. All of these teams have weaknesses. Uh, it's the team that can manage them the best that can, that's going to do the best uh, job getting toward the playoffs. And for Washington, uh, the way it was described to me, they're kind of playing in a fog, and that's understandable. This is the year that they were supposed to celebrate uh, their world championship. And in a 60-game COVID-shortened season with all that they've been through with their injuries and the guys that can't play, and no fans in the stands, uh, it, it's been kind of, and I don't mean this in any way negative, but it's kind of like the walking dead. They're just sort of sleepwalking through the season in a daze because nobody knows uh, how they're supposed to feel or react is the scouting report I got on them. Uh, but make no uh, bones about it. Uh, they're a dangerous team. They've got a terrific manager. They'll figure this out. 
Uh, remember, they were 19 and 31 last year and ended up going to the World Series and winning it. So, despite a slow start, uh, don't don't uh, sleep on these Nationals, even though you don't get the big three. Because if you do, uh, they can surprise you and, and put a hurt on you. Chip, a couple quick things. I'll let you go. Chip Carey, the voice of the Braves, he's sure. with us on the Technicom guest line. I've got Braves fans asking me about potential call-ups. Everything from Christian Pash to Ian Anderson. Are you anticipating any of that? What what of that might make the most sense for the Braves? Well, maybe if uh, if Acuna's injury lingers or Ozzy's uh, wrist continues to be a problem, I could see that. Uh, you know, Ender has struggled. Uh, that's mm-hmm. no secret. Uh, Riley and Camargo have both struggled offensively. Uh, look, the Braves are looking for a spark. Uh, Pache played in a uh, scrimmage at the ballpark on Saturday. Looked pretty good, so that's one option. Uh, Drew Waters is another. Uh, the question is, are they ready? Uh, the Braves didn't feel that they were coming out of camp. They didn't really have a roster spot for them. Uh, so I think that's TBD. As far as pitching goes, uh, you've got Kyle Muller and Ian Anderson who are right at the top of, the, of that list. Uh, uh, they both pitched on Saturday as well. Anderson was particularly impressive. Um, but, you know, it's do you start the clock? When you bring them up here, do you want to maybe break their confidence if they don't have immediate success? Because, unfortunately, if they do struggle, you don't have the option of sending them back to AAA and giving them four or five games to work on stuff. They just go to camp and play catch. So, it's as I said, it's a, it's a season unlike any other and uh, the guys the Braves have are all very talented. These are the guys we've got. And barring uh, Cole Hamels coming back, which we hope will happen in the next couple of weeks, or a trade uh, before the deadline on the 31st, uh, these are the 30 or 60 players the Braves had. They're still very good players. they just got to go out and do it, and hopefully they'll start doing that again tonight. Uh, Chip, what, what's been your response to the Major League Baseball reaction to the COVID outbreaks? Marlins, Cardinals, it, it looked pretty grim there for a little while, but it seems like baseball's gotten its arms around this. Yeah, I think so. I think it's out of an abundance of caution, and I think we're all in agreement uh, with, with that part of it. I'm, I'm really proud that our sport is playing through, and I'm really proud that the other day they had a, you know, a whole bunch of tests, and there were only four positives. 29 teams had no positives at all, so the protocols are obviously working. So all the naysayers and doom and gloomers who said we should have canceled are, have been completely and totally wrong on it. Uh, my own personal take is, look, we're going to have to live with this virus. Uh, it is not going to be miraculously cured by a vaccine. It's not going to go away anytime soon, and the nature and the, the idea of shutting down our society because of a virus uh, is nonsensical to me. And we need to protect the people who are vulnerable and do so smartly and wisely. I think we're wising up to that. But we can't shut down our economy. We can't shut down our schools. We can't shut down our sports. We have to go about the business of living safely, smartly, and compassionately. And I think baseball uh, ought to be very proud of being an industry leader in that regard. And hopefully the better days are, are yet to come for all of us in the sport, not just ours, but football and, and the rest of society. Could, couldn't agree more. So on that note, last thing, how the broadcast been for you? What you anticipated, what you thought more difficult? I, I love hearing broadcasters' takes on doing these things remotely. <laughs> It's been different. There's no doubt about it. Uh, The things that you don't see uh, because you're relying on a camera to uh, broadcast remotely, that's really, really hard. Obviously, when the games are in our ballpark, it's a lot more fun. It's not easier because it's a challenge either way. But the things that you can notice, managers talking to players or uh, coaches talking to players after a mistake or a good play in the outfield, when the bullpens are getting up, uh, just jumps that outfielders get. We don't get that. So we have to broadcast kind of in arrears on television and wait for the play to develop. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it has its own set of challenges, but uh, as for how, how it's gone, I'll leave that to your fans. Uh, the feedback we've gotten has been really, really good. We're really having a lot of fun with it and taking it for what it is. 
And all the credit for that goes to our great Fox Sports South crew. I can't imagine the number of hours technologically they've worked together to put this together to make the games feel like we're actually at the site. Uh, they're really tremendous people, and I'm really, really proud to represent their work every night. Well, as, as one of those viewers, I can tell you it fe- feels nearly seamless. You've, you've done a tremendous job, and uh, you've done so in the face well, of some... Very kind, well, no, I mean, you've done so in the face of some real difficulty here, and again, these broadcasts have been, been nearly seamless, so I would commend you for that, and we thank you for your time, buddy. Have a great week. We'll be watching tonight. Okay, Kyle. Look forward to it, man. Thanks. Take there you care. go. Chip Carey, the voice of the Atlanta Braves, back with us on the Technicom hotline. And and they, those broadcasts have been tremendous. That That's the cool thing, and I think just even if you don't find it cool, is interesting, is to watch how some of these broadcast crews and how some of these networks are pulling this off. And in some cases, not pulling this off. You know, but last night's Sunday night game was uh, simulcast on ESPN and ESPN2. And you had some of those broadcasters who were doing it. I think it was the Jason Benetti-led crew who were talking about it for the first time saying, this is weird. You know, doing it from a thousand miles away in a studio off a monitor. You know, it, it's it, there are little things that you pick up on, you know, that you may not be able to realize. You know, that a broadcaster saying, well, I, I can't, I, you can't see all the way down the left field line. You know, or the corner's blind to us. Now, that's that's the case in some, you know, fields and press boxes anyway. But there are some real limitations to calling these games remotely off a monitor somewhere in a studio but they're doing a. I mean, Chip has done a hell of a job with this. He and Francoeur and Glavin, it's not an easy thing to do. And they've really done well by themselves pulling that off. Speaking of, speaking of, I want to talk about something when we come back. We got who balled out. We'll tell you the big performers of the weekend. I think you can figure out who that might have been. But speaking of broadcasts, there was an event that went off over the weekend where it was quite noticeable that the broadcast crew was not on location and was, in fact, calling it from somewhere else. And we'll explain when we come back. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. Sports Radio FNZ. It's a complete team effort. Live or online, use the Radio.com app and download and listen to all your favorite FNZ shows. It's the Mac Attack. This is Sports Radio FNZ. Kane is in the building. Curry, way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Newton running. Newton gets to the corner. Cam down the sideline. Cam Newton has a taste it. Still on his feet. Cam Newton. Touchdown, Carolina. What a play. In your life have you seen anything like that? Let's see who balled out last night. Smoke leads us off. What you got for me, buddy? Well, I'm going to the play-in game from the NBA bubble on Saturday, and I'm not going with Damian Lillard. Ooh. It was actually kind of an average night for him with only 31 points. <laughs> yeah, only. Uh, but Yusef Nurkic, playing with a heavy heart, his grand- grandmother passed away due to COVID-19 the day of the game that morning. He went out there, dropped 22 points, 21 rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks, playing with a heavy heart. Got to give it up to Yusef Nurkic, one of the more underrated players in the NBA right now. How about that? I will go with a local kid, Dodger shortstop Corey Seager, a big night and a big day against the L.A. Angels. Uh, Los Angeles uh, series out there, the Dodgers and the Angels yesterday. Corey Seager went, well, two for four. Three RBIs, a critical three-run homer, and the Dodgers beat the Angels 8-3 to yesterday. And I'll also throw in Chase Elliott winning at the Daytona International Road Course, his third straight road course win. Something I want to get to here in just a second, but that is who balled out. 
And I, I, I mentioned Chase Elliott. Actually, first, let me say this. Corey Seager, big day for the Dodgers yesterday. Two for four, three-run homer, three runs driven in. Uh, and he's, of course, uh, Northwest Cabrera's kid. We call him a Charlotte kid because it's close enough. But tonight... We got the, uh, the the great Seager matchup in Major League Baseball. Dodgers and Mariners out west late tonight, and we've got brother versus brother. Corey Seager versus Kyle Seager, the first matchup of the season between these two. And, Smoke, you said before the break when I brought this up, I think I know who's going to win that one. It's not a difficult pick. You got the Dodgers, a World Series contender, versus the Mariners, who are terrible, who are battling for the number one pick. They have the worst run differential in Major League Baseball. They're minus, they've been outscored by 47 runs through like 15 or 20 games. They are awful. But, you know, you got Corey Seager versus Kyle Seager tonight. Corey is still, Corey's still one of the young stars in Major League Baseball that I think people have forgotten about because some of the injuries that he's dealt with for the last year, year and a half. He missed an entire season last year. But he is reminding people out there, I think, early on just how good he is. And so you get Corey Seager versus Kyle Seager tonight, uh, Dodgers versus Mariners. That one's later tonight. I had to, I wanted to include that one in the Bailey bets, but I stayed away from it because there's just too much emotion there, smoke for me. I'm kidding. But like you, you, it's a weird game because they are terrible, and the Dodgers are the best team out west. And it's a strange pitching matchup. Ross Stripling's going on one side. You got a rookie going on the other, and Justin Dunn. So I'm staying away from that one for the Bailey bets. Which, by the way, by the way, I told you we'd bounce back off a six and ten week. Well, we did ten and six last week. Three and one on Friday to wrap it up. Ten and six on the week. So if you've been following the Bailey bets last week, we made your money back. Okay, we made your money back for you as as I promised we would. We'll get to that in just a bit. But we were talking about broadcasts before the show or before the break there. It has been very interesting to watch how some of these networks are are handling the broadcasts, you know, remotely or in person in the case of the NBA bubble, but you have these, you know, plexiglass shields in between the broadcasters. And, you know, it's a strange type of situation, especially during the Derek Jones injury on Friday with Portland, when he was laid there on the floor and they had to bring a stretcher out to get him, you know, and, and they just, you know, Mark Jones and I think it was Doris Burke having a really difficult kind of awkward time, you know, figuring out how to handle that because normally you have the murmur of the crowd in the background, you know, to help, you know, I guess wash over that part of the broadcast if they don't go to break but but handling these broadcasts has been fascinating both from my perspective as a, as a broadcaster but as a sports fan too and we were talking to chip carey the voice of the braves in the previous segment about how the broadcasts have been from his standpoint and i'd love to hear what fans out there think about these broadcasts so far be it baseball basketball hockey or otherwise like has it been an enjoyable experience what have you noticed 704-570-9610 or find me on twitter at kyle bailey club what have you noticed from these broadcasts smoke you picked up on something yesterday and i think you were absolutely right about this now admittedly you know i didn't see as much of the race as you did yesterday but i went back and watched a lot of it and matter of fact i was watching it yesterday when uh, chase elliott had a 10 second lead uh with what under 30 laps to go i think and it ended up being a very close race but you notice something about that broadcast. Most of these broadcasts have gone off pretty seamlessly, but that Daytona International Road Course yesterday gave that broadcast crew some fits. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, with the current COVID restrictions, uh, the whole NBC broadcast crew and Fox as well for when they came back has been sequestered in Charlotte in some portions. Uh, I think Fox was in their own studios at the Race Hub Studios in Charlotte, and the NBC crew has been broadcasting up in the booth at Charlotte Motor Speedway during this time. Now, up to this point, you've only seen minor missions with some of the broadcast in both Fox and NBC that make you like, oh, okay, well, they kind of messed up there. Oh, well. But yesterday was the first road course race of the year in a Roval type of way at Daytona Road Course, first time ever. 
And the camera shots, they, they missed a lot of camera shots, missed some stuff. And when something would happen over the weekend during an Xfinity or Cup race, it would take the announcers about 20 to 30 seconds to respond to something going on. And, I mean, I can't blame these guys because you kind of have to grade it on the curve because they're not even in the same city, let alone the same state, covering this game or this race. But it left a lot of fans wondering what happened. Like, prime example, last lap. One second, I look down uh, at my watch and see Bubble Walls is an eighth. The next thing you know, he's not even in the top 20. Exactly. He got spun out. We didn't even get uh, video footage of it. And the only footage we found was side-by-side still photos from a photographer of Joey Logano just diving in deep into turn one. That's the only way we found out. And it just re- it really shows the disadvantage in a way that all these broadcast crews are having to deal with. Now, in a certain, most races, it's an oval, so at least the cameraman will have a good view of what's going on all around the track. But this race, it's spread across at a two-and-a-half-mile track already. Then you put a road course, makes it around four miles. It's really tough for these guys to cover this race when there's so much going on all around the track. I'm with you. That, that was one that, that was noticeable yesterday. Otherwise, i got to tip my cap to most of these networks because they've done a tremendous job making these these broadcasts feel pretty normal, or as normal as you can. There's nothing normal about watching, I don't know, Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller separated by a plexiglass shield. I mean, there's nothing that is inherently strange. There's nothing you can do to mitigate that, but for the most part, or I should say there's nothing you can do to make that go away, but they've done a pretty good job mitigating that. Now, the NBA playoffs begin tonight. We'll come to that in just a bit. I do want to talk about that because I'm wondering where people's heads are, where their interest level is, especially coming out of the weekend. Uh, you got an interesting 8-1 series, all that. We'll get to it in just a bit. But Teddy Bridgewater is speaking to the media right now. And we told you that was going to happen. He was a little while ago. And I got a kick out of this. Not what Teddy said today, but it reminded me, our buddy Jason Huber, who runs our digital uh, scene down here for WFNZ, does a great job handling all these press conferences and all the, the Zoom press conferences for us. Tip of the cap to Huber for that. But he just tweeted just a minute ago a screenshot of Teddy Bridgewater on Zoom with a Panthers Bank of America backdrop behind him, and he's wearing the green jersey. This... And I heard Mac and Bone get into this this morning, and I was equal parts excited to hear what they had to say, but also a little bit irritated because they stole my bit today. I was enthralled by some of the responses and replies to the Bill Voths and Joe Persons of the world when they were tweeting out over the weekend that Matt Rule has his quarterbacks wearing green jerseys because to him, red uh, has a, 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 a connotation of injured. Right, That's how Matt Rule does things. His quarterbacks don't wear red. Right, You're, you're putting a different color jersey on your quarterbacks in practice to, to keep the defenders off of them and keep them from getting hit. So, you know, they, I saw it was Huber and actually our buddy Nick Carboni did it too. You know, tweeted out this picture of Teddy sitting in front of a Panthers backdrop with his green, uh, green quarterback jersey on. Did you see some of the replies to Bill Voth and to, well, actually Joe Person too, but mostly Bill Voth? when he was tweeting out that uh, Matt Rule has his quarterbacks in green. People using this as some sort of referendum on, on Matt Rule, the coach, Matt Rule, the man, you know, people wondering how on earth the red could have a negative connotation. Uh, we had Deanne, who's one of our favorite listeners, saying, I thought red was stop, don't hit our quarterback. Green gives them the green light. <laughs> the analysis of quarterbacks in green jerseys has been the latest talking point to to apparently criticize Matt Rule. Somebody, I'm not kidding you. Somebody responded to Panthers Bill and said that uh, this must be Matt Rule's anti-Republican stance because he doesn't he doesn't want his quarterbacks where I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This is the level of crazy and lunacy 
that exists on the internet. There were people in earnest. In earnest. <laughs> like, look, I've already got it from Spence. Spence just hit me up and said, green versus red. KB, if Matt Rule thinks he can micromanage grown men on this level, this job will not work out. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? I mean, Spence, I really hope that was tongue-in-cheek. And then knowing you what little bit I do, I'd say there's a, a decent chance that was the case. Micromanaging? <laughs> Somebody on in earnest said this was Matt Rule's anti-Republican stance because he didn't want his quarterbacks in red. And that he this guy was he was done with the Panthers. Done with the NFL. Done with the Panthers. Wasn't watching them anymore. I mean, we had people on here saying many colors have meaning. Uh, red, um, red is passion and energy and aggression. Green is nature and fertility and money and greed. Smoke. I don't know if these are real people or if these are bots on Twitter, but this is real things that are happening. Words from apparent Panthers fans who are using the, the decision from Matt Rule to put his quarterbacks in a green jersey to, to, I guess, make this a referendum of what kind of football coach he'd be. This is the most 2020 thing of all time. I don't get it. It's worse than fire tornadoes out west. Yeah, I I looked at it and like all I did was I looked at it, it's like oh okay they're wearing green jerseys okay like okay fine I mean I've it was different it's different like <laughs> it's just I, different. I mean I've seen quarterbacks in green jerseys from being at high school practices throughout my years with my dad being a coach and <laughs> I'm just like okay so what I mean it's still a different color than every other jersey that's out there so okay. Oh, yeah. No, this is, I mean, right now, and again, part of it, too, is that people are still kind of quarantining and not going out as much, and, you know, they have more time on their hands. Like, I'm seeing people talking about, uh, you know, how about yellow, best visibility? What's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with this guy? I mean, you got people saying, I'm in mean, used car sales. You know, you don't want to be in the red. What an idiot. You want to be in the black, not the red. What's wrong with Matt Rule? Come on. That's where we are right now. People losing their bleep over a green quarterback jersey. Hey, that, that actually broke a fury about Matt Rule. What's that? He's not a used car salesman. Oh, look at that. Hey, well, you know what? We don't slander used car salesmen on this show. Remember the call we got the oh, first yeah. time the, the guy called in and said, hey, I'm a used car salesman. People shouldn't say that. Stop it. And he's right. People shouldn't say that. Yeah, we, you say, I go with snake oil salesman. It's, you know, nobody likes a snake oil salesman. Yeah, used car salesman, pretty nice guys. Like, I mean, did anybody really, this is a fighting point now that Matt Rule has his guys in a green court. Y'all got to, y'all got to just lighten up on this dude. Lighten up on Matt Rule just a little bit, please. I, I, if you really look, if you really look, what you'll see are positive things coming out of that organization right now. Positive things. Matt Rule's players like him. These grown men that a lot of you didn't think would uh, he would he'd have their respect because he's a college guy. They're all telling you the opposite. They like his approach to practice. They like his approach to the locker room. He's he's respectful of their time. Something that's been repeated multiple times over. And to me, it is absolutely undeniable that Matt Rule can coach football. Coach foot, coaching football is nearly universal from high school to college to the pros. Nobody's saying there aren't differences because there clearly are. But the game of football is pretty fundamental. And if you can teach it and coach guys up at the college level as well as Matt Rule did at Baylor and Temple, he can coach these guys up at the pro level, especially, especially if they're taking to him the way that they seem to be. They like his approach. They're in early. They go fast. They don't stop. They get, as Taylor Moten said yesterday, two and a half hours worth of work into an hour and a half, and then they're back out the door. They love that about him. It's at that point about the Jimmys and the Joes. Can you get the talent in the door that you need to win games? Because if you can, I think we're seeing the other pieces come together already. I'll, I'll openly admit it could still end in disaster. But so far, the early returns are pretty good. 
if people would only stop arguing about green quarterback jerseys. Wow. (laughs) You'll fight about anything in 2020. It's the lunch hour. Coming up next, we got a bunch to get to, including a petition over the weekend from a star player who wants to play football. I'll tell you next here in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. It's a magical city. Yeah, I've been to Magic City several times. I've never seen anything like Magic City in my entire life. The shape of the body is just, it's, it's crazy. It's next level. Uh, and they're extremely athletic, too. Wilson and Parcel, two to seven weekdays. We are Charlotte. Sports Radio, FNZ. All offers on approved credit. See dealer for details. Hey, friends. Brandon Gandy here at Victory Chevrolet. The summer August heat, and so are the hot deals at Victory Chevrolet. Right here at I-45, exit 12 or 14, or online at VictoryChevyCharlotte.com. And right now, save like never before with our inventory of close to 1,000 vehicles in stock, like brand-new Chevy and quality pre-owned vehicles. Like savings up to $15,000 on a brand-new Chevy, like Suburbans, Tahoes, Silverados, Malibus, Equinox, and the entire Chevy lineup. We said the deals are hot, so that means savings up to $15,000. Plus, quality pre-owned vehicles all priced below market value. And as always, just $19 down delivers any vehicle in stock. That's right. Get financed today on the new or pre-owned vehicle of your dreams with just $19 down. And we have the banks lined up to make it happen. But just like summer won't last forever, neither will the deals like these at Victory Chevy. So check us out online at VictoryChevyCharlotte.com or better yet, I-45 exit 12 or 14. Victory Chevrolet, you guys come and see us. 2020 has brought us some turbulence, but the real estate market is still going strong. In unprecedented times like this, you want an experienced and trusted real estate agent who will get you the most money in the least amount of time and make sure your needs are being met, especially during the pandemic. My friends Lars Hedenborg and Thomas Elrod from High Performance Real Estate with Keller Williams are locals. They've been here working hard for over a decade, serving our local market. And with their no-quit attitude, they've helped serve close to 4,000 families in the greater Charlotte region just like you. They aren't some out-of-town operation that just wants to make a quick buck. They've been here through the Great Recession, the good times, and everything in between. After having been on the market and wasting time with another agent, Mike and Kristen needed to move quickly. They reached out to high-performance real estate advisors, and the team worked their magic. The morning after the listing went active, they had a full-priced offer. That's right. In less than 24 hours, they were under contract for 100% of their asking price. Don't get stuck with a weak agent in a weak moment giving away your largest asset. Lars and Elrod want to protect home values just like you do. These guys are local, and they have skin in the game. So go to HighPerformanceRealEstate.com. That's HighPerformanceRealEstate.com, and they'll see you at the closing table. You know why women love Diamonds Direct? Because they can always get a ring they're proud to wear. I was able to get everything. The most perfect diamond I could ever want. It's just my dream ring that I thought I would never be able to afford. You cannot beat the value that Diamonds Direct gives you. It kind of took my breath away when I did see how big that diamond was. You have to put your sunglasses on to look at this. It's just gorgeous. We're amazed at the quality we got for the price. But way beyond the ring, women love the Diamonds Direct experience. It's personal, it's caring, it's authentic, and it's fun. 
It's people that are pretty much family, honestly, at this point. I'm not even joking. It sounds like an exaggeration, but they're so warm and welcoming. They were so nice and so down to earth, and we just felt like family. Very laid back. Not one time did we feel like we were being pressured. Not one time did we feel like we were being asked to extend a budget we did not have. Just make you feel so at home, and you just feel comfortable shopping. It's just a great place to shop. I mean, I love it. Discover the difference for yourself. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Sharon Road, across from South Park Mall. Listen to what Dave Ryan says about Andro 400. Andro 400, I really love it. It's amazing to me that uh, I feel so good. I've lost 50 pounds. I was a size 38 waist. I've gone down to a 32 waist. My mood has changed. I, I don't get stressed out. It gave me so much more energy. Energy to, to walk. Energy to, to play sports. Everything is starting to work again. Just like I'm 25. My wife is happy. I'm so happy. I'm just a completely different man. I'm taking this stuff to the grave with me. Men, have you lost energy and gained belly fat? Are you feeling stressed out? Fight back with Andro 400, the safe, natural, and inexpensive way to increase your testosterone. For over a decade, Andro 400 has helped men lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel 20 years younger. Go to andro400.com. Andro400.com or call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435. Hey, number 89 here, Steve Smith Sr. You have dozens of choices to get rid of bugs in your home, but you should meet the local guys who do it better than cookie-cutter national companies. That's Cardinal Environmental Solutions. That's right, Steve. These folks have been getting rid of bugs in the Charlotte area for over 20 years. Cardinal Environmental doesn't operate from a call center hundreds of miles away with one-size-fits-the-whole-country pest treatments. They'll beat the national company's prices. Their pest solutions are catered to our area, and they work. Plus, the Prices can't be beat with termite and pest bundles for only $39.99 per month. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Pest control companies know that bugs creep you out and that you really hate termites. So they keep going up on your rates. But that's not the case with Cardinal. With Cardinal Environmental, termite and pest bundles are just $39.99. If you have bugs, you won't have them for long and it won't cost your arm and a leg to get rid of them. Schedule your appointment today and ask for the $39.99 termite and pest bundle. Go to CardinalEnvironmental.com or call 704. 904- 950140. Most people know that Mr. Clean Magic Eraser removes crayon and scuff marks from walls, but did you know it even cleans tough kitchen and bathroom messes that are sometimes tough to tackle? Just wet, squeeze, and erase. Gray soap scum on your bathtub. Erase cloudy hard water spots in your shower. Erase burnt on stovetop messes. So for all your tough kitchen and bathroom messes, try Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Indeed knows you've got big goals for your business. And we understand hiring is a crucial part of that. You need to hire people who will make a real impact. Indeed can help you find those important hires faster while paying only for what you need without any long-term contracts. Thanks to our super flexible payment options. Start finding your important hire today with a free $75 credit for your first job post and get in front of more quality candidates. Go to Indeed.com slash high impact. That's Indeed.com slash high impact. Terms and conditions apply. Now, now. Getting you the information faster. This is a sports radio FNZ sports flash. 
42-year-old Jim Herman wins the PGA Wyndham Championship in Greensboro for his third career tour victory. Qualified for the FedEx playoffs as well after barely making the cut on Friday. Webb Simpson of Charlotte finished tied for third. Gastonia's Harold Varner, the third, finished in a tie for seventh. Chase Elliott won the NASCAR Cup Series race on the road course at Daytona. Panthers training camp with their first fully padded practice this morning. Panthers also add former Chargers tight end Andrew Valera among three new players. Wide receiver Keith Kirkwood has a broken clavicle. Former Panther kicker Graham Gano is signing with the New York Giants, while former Panthers receiver Chris Hogan signing with the New York Jets. Yankees send the Red Sox to their seventh consecutive loss, 4-2. Braves 4, Marlins nothing. Atlanta put Ronald Acuna Jr. on the 10-day injured list. Cleveland beat Detroit for the 20th time in a row, 8-5. I'm Jim Zoki. That's The Flash on WFNZ, a Radio.com sports station.